special edition of That's the Spirit this afternoon. Welcome to the BFM studio, the one and only Peter Lynham, and extra special guest all the way from over the USA ways, uh, David Farrier. Hello, it's nice to be here with and you all. And it's a great pleasure to, well, we don't often have guests and that's, this is the spirit, but we have <laughs> we today. Do, we yes. do, well, um, oh. <coughs> David Farrier, Peter Lynham and I have covered your writing uh, mm. A fair, a fair bit here on that's a spirit. Thank so, you for that. By yeah, the way, yeah. keeping an eye on things. It's, it's an irresistible nicer. topic, I yeah. have to say, <laughs> because it's just that David, you dig mm. at things from a particular angle, and you dig up stories that actually, in a way, we all knew were true, mm. but we didn't want to talk about them because they made us feel uncomfortable. And I mean, I think it was especially true with the Arise investigation. Yeah, it was, I think, I mean, the billboards are in front of us on the motorways and we see them everywhere and we sort of know about these churches, but, well, maybe we don't. I think a lot of New Zealanders didn't know that these, what these places were about and what they were doing. They just sort of thought, oh, there's a church full of sort of, oh, I don't know what's going on, that ended up being reasonably dicey. Yes, well, I mean, I had to confess that, I mean, I know quite a lot about the Auckland equivalents of these churches, mm. of City Impact and of Destiny uh, and of Life. But mm. I read an article on Arise which made me think this was the way it should be, you know, that somehow or other these were people who actually let young students who came along in their yeah. vast numbers to the Michael Fowler Centre, it, it kind of gave them room to dance and have fun and, and be Christian all at the same time. Mm. And I kind of should have known that there would be a darker side there is the fun side, isn't there? Oh, the, yeah, there is. And I, some of the early stories, I think RNZ did a story about Arise when it was that getting was big. That was the one that I saw. So it, yes. like, it sounded great. It <laughs> sounded like this really wonderful place. And it was so, you know, two thumbs up all the way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it gets a lot of young people. They get a lot of young people in the door. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just started hearing stories, obviously, about from the leadership of sort of the pressure they are putting these young people under to give their time increasingly and increasingly mm. to the church and things sort of turn from a fun, happy, clappy service um, to taking up more and more and more and more of your time until your whole life is sort of absorbed into it. What fascinated me was the thought was, if you hadn't told the story then, mm. what do you think is the trend of those sorts of churches? What's the next stage? Yeah, where would have Arise gone? And it's funny because Arise is sort of trying to sort of limp on yes, in I a understand. different state and they've splintered out into different phases. If, if I hadn't come along and if other, you know, other reporters hadn't jumped on it as well and it wasn't on the 6 o'clock news, I think it would just keep... It wasn't growing at an exponential rate, but mm. I think they just keep buying more property and mm. having more churches and just recruiting more people and taking over other similar churches and just sort of like a the McDonaldsization mm. of sort of the church mm. would have just gone on. I think they would have just kept trying and trying. And I think, you know, how bad would it have gotten? I think with more people attending and more young people under pressure, I imagine there would have been more bad outcomes for more people, whether it was, you know, sort of psychological problems or sort of where that can lead. Do you think churches like that, though, have a natural lifespan? Because, I mean, another possibility yep. is that churches of the kind that build around a personality, well, in the end, you know, 
the the guy well, yeah, the guy goes bald. Yeah, they're going to limp on and become less cool. I mean, yeah, John Cameron was never particularly cool, no, but he was cooler than understand. some. You know, yeah. cooler than some. But yeah, as he got older, I mean, typically these churches sort of pass it on to their children, don't they? That's yeah. sort of usually ah. keep it in the family. This is an interesting trend, and mm. it's but it's a trend that is usually fatal because right. almost in every case is where it's happened. Mm. The kids don't quite have what the parents what? had. So in the Tamaki case, for example, mm. you know. Because Brian is bored. He's been doing that sort of thing for so long. And politics is so much more interesting for him at the moment. Yeah, more stimulating, more uh, reaction. Yeah, and so the children get handed the, mm. the piece of keeping the church going, which goes along, mm. it's okay, but um, he would really like, very much like, um, to be a big figure in politics. After all, God told him that. Well, it must be 20 years a ago. A long time ago. You've been hearing that message from Brian for a long time. Yes. So his, his children aren't quite running things as well as he was in oh, the well, church? They're, they're really musos more than anything yeah, else. Right. Yeah. And musos is great, but you kind of need a big tub-thumping speaker with slick yeah. back hair who yeah. can hold you in your seats for an hour. Yeah. You need a particular style to do that, I think. Yeah, and I think... I know, I'm curious just in general about megachurches in New Zealand and the United States how long there will be this appetite for this kind of... I mean, it sort of seems to be growing and growing and growing. You were talking earlier about, you know, COVID has sort of affected some mm. of the overseas churches. I wonder if there's a point where people do get sick of the sort of the the, the bright lights and the music and the sort of ultimately sort of empty messages well, in I, there. I, I have a kind of a, a life sequence, but it's a life sequence of the attendees because ah, yeah. I got some inside information from one of these mega churches mm. that the average time that people stay in these churches is four years. It's, it's so short. So with that incredibly short time, I mean, they've got to recruit yeah. at a phenomenal rate. And what happens to the people who've been through it? Well, mostly at this mm. point, they, they, they partner off. Mm. And if they're nice Christian partners, they go to a smaller church where the kids feel happier. And if they're not, they drop out of church completely. Just leave. And and I'm amazed by the proportion of New Zealanders who've had some connections with these churches at one period, mostly in their teenage, late oh, teenage years. You talk years. to any musician in New Zealand, yeah. like any young band, they will have been involved in the church at some point because that's where they get handed a musical instrument oh, and oh, they discover their love much. of music. Yeah, precisely. And particularly for Pacifica kids who are yeah. escaping from very authoritarian churches, you know, that don't give them a lot of yeah. space to do anything out of their normal. These yeah. churches are fantastic yeah. for them, just Fantastic. I mean, that's but been that's why so much of the you know certainly it was a rise's mo and and uh, life in a number of those churches to recruit right because yeah. they know that kids yeah. are dropping off and that's why I think you know I heard from a bunch of people when arise was suddenly out recruiting on some university campuses yeah. and people were like oh why the hell are they allowed here mm. and they ended up getting sort of booted out because the stories were going on at the time but yeah they're desperately trying to get mm. new people in the is door the, because they just can't last. Do you think there is a wider management awareness and plan to like recruit because they know people are only sticking around for four years i think it's built into the dna of the mega church like Mm. just have to constantly be recruiting Mm. and bring Mm. your friends to youth group and bring it to this event and bringing in like food vouchers to like 
halls of residence and yeah. all that kind of thing. And the whole time they have to like bring people in. And and in the end, I think you get deaf and you have to take a break from that sort of church. You know, I mean, just as you stop going to very loud parties after yes. a while. Well, yeah. so you also the messaging just starts repeating. Yeah. Like it yeah. doesn't really lead anywhere. There's nothing new. There's nothing new. And like you, you listen. You know, I when I was covering a rise, I'd sort of listen to some of the sermons because they put them on YouTube. Mm. That all the and it's just very it gets essentially just gets really boring you eventually. can fast forward them you really. can fast forward them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. it's not leading anywhere it's not like taking you on a journey it's just the same shit different day yeah and i think yeah four years you're just like oh i just i'm sort of done yeah tamaki was a bit different from that mind you because nobody could quite work out where the tamaki message was going and there was that early stage when it was it seemed to be challenging the very basis of the state in New Zealand, you know, the basis of, upon which secular belonging exists. Now, I don't see that happening in any of these churches. I mean, none of them have got a clear political voice or a clear no. coherent statement. I do think, though, they're on the right somehow. Mm. Um, did you ever pick up much of the right rhetoric at Arise? Oh, it, it- and not so. I mean, where I've been watching the right rhetoric sort of come up was is in uh, City Impact. Yeah. Um, because the interesting thing there is that um, I wrote a few years ago about Peter Mortlock yes. when he was running things, mm. and he's kind of handed the main like the pastoring reins again on on the yes. slightly less charismatic young people. Yep. Uh, and he is sort of off on Instagram doing his own thing. He's trying mm. to sort of become a sort of celebrity in his right, and all he talks about on his Instagram um, video. Videos is American politics. Yes. That's all. It's just straight and, and to the right leaning. So he's talking about um, trans people are awful, gay people are awful. He's talking about the the American left being awful, mm-hmm. um, the, the Democrats. It's all, and it, it gets into very conspiratorial alt righty stuff as well. Oh, well, I mean, the presence of conspiracy in this type of church is quite significant. Oh. Um, much more so in the States, though, than here, I would have thought. Yeah, mostly, but it's it's leaking through. Yeah. Like in all of the mega churches I've looked at in New Zealand, they all have little elements that you hear about out of the American churches. But, of course, it's much more prominent yes. in America. But I think since COVID, a lot of these places have just really... Because COVID sort of in their mind I think sort of was going to destroy the church they couldn't Mm. gather if you can't gather Mm. people in a Mm. building you can't pressure them to tithe it's much more difficult to get people to tithe on a YouTube sermon Mm. or something that's streamed and I think the other factor was that they felt duty bound to declare against uh, the mandates even though Mm. I mean we know I think Mm. that Tamaki certainly was vaccinated Yes, and yet he became an avid. Yeah, I think same, same with Mortlock. Yeah, I'm pretty confident yeah. he got, but he was absolutely anti. You know, no vaccine, terrible, awful. Yeah, and he's not been ever keen on much public contact anyway. Um, no, with people who would. <laughs> no, exactly. Me. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard of Encounter Church out at West? I have. I don't know a lot about Encounter, but similar cloth, right? I did some interviews with Encounter when I was writing the Destiny book. All right. And I would say that's got quite a significant role in, again, that American influence. And that's where the Camerons, of course, were were trained in their early days before oh, of they course. formed. Of course, yeah, right. They, that's right. That's where the they burst from. Yeah, yeah. And so, in a church like that, I've listened occasionally and. 
as long as I could bear it, which was usually about five minutes, um, to unbelievable conspiracy stuff being put on 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 YouTube broadcasts. Right. What what were they focusing on? It's, well, well, it's hard is, to describe sometimes, this, isn't it? Yeah, but it is essentially Satan mm-hmm. working conspiratorially to blind the minds of people to the great truths of... And the funny thing here was that it was American nationalism that he was appealing to. And I couldn't see how this would work. And it did strike me that at the moment mm-hmm. we're in a funny situation in New Zealand where actually nationalism has got caught up very profoundly in um, Maori identity... In, right. in being Aotearoa, that's very close to the kind of nationalism we're breeding in New Zealand. And, of course, it's almost the exact opposite from the Trump message of the anti-migrant and anti-black and anti-this, you know, that and the other. And I kept thinking those two are going to collide somehow. Right. Uh, it, but, I mean, they're realistic. There aren't enough young white people to recruit a big church, so you've got to go for the migrants. You've got to go for Māori and Pacifica people. And so I don't think they'll ever come out quite on the real alt-right end. Because they're just, yeah, they wouldn't be able to recruit enough new members. Yes, precisely. Precisely. And and I think it is a hard recruiting drive that's going on and a fair bit of competition going on between them as well. I mean, I remember asking... um, when it was first announced that Peter Mortlock was going to build his branch in Sylvia Park, mm. which was that stage, just down the road from where the Tamaki um, church was. Yeah. And I said, did, did they talk to you first? He rolled his eyes. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a loving fellowship that's going on between these various groups. And I was a, a little startled by this because I thought they were trying to form a political party to change the world. Yeah. No, they, they really are in it for themselves. There is a certain level of communication between, like, the the lifes and the um, arises, right, in the city yes. and places. There's a certain level. They, they come together for their big conferences that they yes. have. Yes. But I do wonder... Yeah, there's just not enough New Zealanders to support all these yeah. different branches. So there must be some level of, obviously, competition. But they also, some of them do get on, right? They talk, oh, I mean, I they agree. all seed each oh, other. Yes, yeah, they like showing off themselves to each yeah. other and the size of their diamond it's rings. It's a big and circle like, jerk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed on the, I drove down the Southern Motorway uh Yesterday was it, and saw there's a sign up that City Impact is about to open in Hamilton as well. Really, now, City Ooh, so good it's, market, great market. Yeah, yeah, well, there's cool. not there's not a lot else to do in the Tron, you know, if yeah. you if, if you like, and there's that factor. But you see, they've already got an, a branch. Is it Queenstown and Invercargill? Yes. And I think yep. Queen's is that I think that the Modlocks love to ski. Is it is that what it is? I'd say so. They like to get around. Yeah, that's probably a little holiday home there for them. And he has a branch in Canada. Yeah, he's got a few. I, I yeah, some of the, some of his branches I think listed are probably not not giant. Yes, <laughs> but just I think he just likes on the website listing various countries. I think there was one maybe in Fiji as well. Yes, yes, um, yeah, but no, yeah, he had a, at one point he had about twenty churches listed around the world. But but you know, the crisis in Hillsong yeah. must surely 
that's terrifying people and i think it's opening up more of a conversation i mean i feel yes. it's like what's happening with hillsong now i feel is like what happened in the media with scientology when going clear yes. came out yep. everyone sort of knew that scientology was a bit weird and tom cruise is involved and mm. they maybe do bad things we don't really know what mm. and then going clear comes out and everyone's like oh this is yes. you know god yeah. these really they, they harass people and yeah. they yeah, this is awfully an escape yeah i feel like the hillsong um because there's a lot of Hillsong documentaries now. There's ones out of oh, yes, Australia yes. and America, and the <laughs> series are on Amazon. Yes. And I think people are starting to kind of clock what's so bad about it, and that yes. will be panicking all these other churches because they all idolise Hillsong. Yes, of course. So and and sing their music and etc. Et oh, they license it all. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. How Hillsong makes Although, so much of their money. How much do you know about Bethel? No, I know very little. Educate me. Bethel, Reading, California. Mm. This is even wilder. Um, it is quite extraordinary. This is the place where they go to tombstones and hug tombstones in order to gain the life spirit of the person who has died. Oh my God! This is a this, this is, is a, a this is. I, I didn't remember music, reading that in the music Bible. Is, no, it's not not a strong <laughs> theme in the Bible. Um, it, it's. They they've been they've tried to raise the dead they've done various things oh, so incredible so have they raised anyone yet I, I don't believe still there's waiting a, it's pretty much <laughs> at the same numbers but they've got a lot of new people who are already alive who didn't didn't right. die when did Bethel when did that cross so up? so Bethel as actually goes back to the uh, the apostolic movement the right. movement that says that that there are new ap apostles yes. and uh, so. The Bethel's music is now sung in most Pentecostal churches as the main also, music right. alongside Hillsong. So Hillsong it, has is, yeah. has got some competition. Oh yes, this is competition significant. Ah. And Bethel Watch Reading, out Brooke Fraser. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so it's producing a quite weird <laughs> set of, of well, they are really weird doctrines. You go to the prophetic right. school to learn how to be a prophet, etc. Oh, so they're um, really intense. So, so this is very intense at a yeah. scale way above Hillsong. Yeah, Hillsong, Hillsong is quite very safe. Like, yeah, it's sort of mainstream, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. Bieber was at Hillsong. You yeah, know, precisely. The guy from Jurassic, Chris Pratt. You know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in Hillsong. It's like very sort of ordinary compared with what you're talking yeah, about. Precisely, and it's. I wonder whether you see one of the trends is that you get more and more. Freaky options in order to kind of attract well something fresh and something new yeah right? precisely precisely and um, it's well it certainly is uh, new about <laughs> fresh <laughs> because it's just a recycling yeah same old the, the old rubbish yeah, yeah. that's right and I, I also wonder how long it takes people to see through it I mean I know I mean the hill I mean. There are still people, and I mean, I when I was writing about a rise, and and I'd still have people writing to me, just long essays from within the church, being sort of saying, "You've got this wrong. Like mm. this is it's not like this." And I'm like, "You just have had such a different experience." And mm. people in there, it's very easy, I think, once you're in that system, to just deny that anything is wrong because it's your entire life is built up and your whole infrastructure, and your family and friends and finances. And I suspect that one stage short of volunteering. Mm. The experiences you can you can have as much or as little as you want. Oh, turn up on a Sunday, Precisely. have some good music injected into your veins, feel happy, go home. Yeah, well, hopefully put some money in the box. They, oh, put uh, some money as well. <laughs> they're yeah. quite keen on yeah, that. Yeah, no, they are. They need that as well. Yeah. And and the other thing about Arise is trying to break people up into these small groups. And I think the yeah. whether the small groups are more coercive, I don't know. 
I think quite possibly once you get down to the kind of intimate group, then the squeezes go on a little bit more strongly. Um, and I think that's when it's harder to break away because you, you're so connected in. Yeah, intimately. Well, we're in those groups of, you know, 15, 20 people having yeah. these sort of out-of-church meetings. But it, but in the US, of course, they'd also have a university and a gym and uh, college. And so you would live your entire life on their campus, yeah. literally. Not so common here. No, there's, there's like... Some of them have schools, right? There's yes. like sort of some primary schools and sort of maybe they go through a bit older, but there's not much of that. No, and they run into a problem because, you know, Destiny Schools certainly found this. In order to get registration, you've got to be registered in the New Zealand system to be allowed to take children out of the state system. Yeah. Um, so you've got to show you've got a, a sensible curriculum and the sensible curriculum is defined by the state. Yeah. And that, so that curtails them a bit. Yeah. And actually also trained teachers generally have got a slightly broader perspective than than maybe the church and i think possibly we've been saved the craziness of florida or something like that because we've got a quite firm state system yeah and thank goodness else you're getting kids in there and just indoctrinating them with all sorts of crazy and then that's where they're going to stay yeah yeah if you can get them young And, and see i mean i Wonder. Mm. I'm just intrigued to hear what you think. Do you think can the can the United States survive with this sort of crazy diversity, which seems to be, I mean, they seem to be trying to tear themselves apart. And just, just I mean, I don't think America in general is gonna. I think it's on the way out. I yeah. mean, it's just I, I just. Someone said to me, you can always just tell with the roads in America how things are going, and you drive around Los Angeles, and there's just giant potholes in the freeway, and you just sometimes feel like your wheel's gonna fall off the car. You know, like LA just feels like it's in a decline <laughs> in general. But as far as all the, I mean. It's so, in, in my mind, like religion, certainly like Christianity and conspiracy now um, are so closely linked and politics just is so, I mean, politics has always been such a big part, I think, of American Christianity, mm-hmm. but just more and more and more so. Mm-hmm. And, and when you see, when you saw Christianity sort of merge with, with Trump, I mean, Trump wouldn't have been elected if it wasn't for the incredibly no, sort no. of um, an intense sort of right Christian movement. Not all Christians, but certainly yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that sort of oh. basis got him in. And I think it's just permanently like linked now and it'll never go away. Yeah, I, I saw a very interesting statistic on Pew Foundation's mm. site, I think it was yesterday, mm. that said that in fact the the evangelical Christians who elected Trump are the ones who least go to church, which I thought was oh, rather really? interesting. <laughs> so there's yeah. a, they're, they're religious, but it's a do-it-yourself religion. Yeah. Which, I love that statistic. <laughs> yes. It's kind of a, it's it's, sort of incredible. Yes. Yeah, that's a disturbing indication that I think in America people define themselves by their religion much more than we do yep. here. Oh, it's a personality trait. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. Your, your, it defines so much of your existence. And do you think people are more partisan? Than, but they, most people in New Zealand, be shy about talking about which party they're supported. Oh no, not no. And generally, I mean, again, it's an American thing. But people are very happy to sort of give their opinions and talk about who they support and what they do. It's not at all hidden. I mean, people will plan it out on their lawn who they're voting for. You know, yeah. It's 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 pretty clear pretty quickly. They're not subtle. 
But at least it's out in the open. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So you, at least you, in America, like, you get a sense of how crazy it is. It's not hidden. Yeah. It's all yeah. just right in front of you. Yeah, that is the nature of, the, of the, yeah. that world. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm always fascinated. I mean, I still don't fully understand, and, you know, you'll know more about this than I do, but just why New Zealand has been so... We just absorb stuff from America so easily, and just looking at these mega churches, just it's all American, everything just soaked in. Oh, well, we do it so readily. Well, remember, a, a society that feels far away from anywhere feels very insecure. Will grab at anything that is seen as security, mm-hmm. and I mean it wasn't just American influence. I mean British influence in the same way, and I, I mean in the end, I suspect we'll count out of China in the same way because we feel insecure, yeah. and the trouble is that. In one sense, we definitely don't want to ally with anybody else. So there's this strange combination of hatred of America, which is quite intense in New Zealand, as well as kowtowing to America. And I think that's all bound up in the odd forms of both religion and politics that we get. So strange. It is. It'll never cease being strange to me. And I just someone earlier today sent me... Um, speaking of a rise, uh, that a message that John Cameron is is back on all the social media now and is sort of entering into being a Christ, serious Christian leader again. I don't know of what in, church. In, in Australia, the leader of a rise in, Australia, in, in New Zealand. In, yeah, he in seems New to Zealand. be. Yeah, he seems to be um, wanting to introduce himself here again. Well, maybe the other thing we have in New Zealand is short-term memory loss. You know, I, I mean. <laughs> It could be that. We do just see might be reliant. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, all these, if anyone's sort of disgraced, inevitably sort of a year or two years later, they'll emerge yeah. somewhere else afresh, just expecting everyone to have forgotten what they did. Years ago, I wrote a study of a crazy religious group in, a, in Christchurch yeah. called uh, the Temple of Truth. It sounds um, bad, doesn't it? You don't join the Temple of Truth. It's going to go wrong. The Temple of Truth in the 1890s... Um, and one of the hostile other churches began investigating it and found that the man who ran it, A.B. Worthington, was the name he was using in New Zealand. But they, they got Pinkerton's detective agency to track him down and found out that he had had five earlier wives and the current woman, um, he was married spiritually but not um, oh. literally to her. And they, it, it burst in Christchurch on a, a, a Saturday just before their services and there was a riot in Latimer Square uh, oh. in front of the church about all that this was going on. <laughs> Amazing. So they, he slunk away to Melbourne and three years later came back and tried to start again. However, he didn't succeed. But he, did, but he, tried. <laughs> he tried. He tried. He tried. I he mean, tried. They, I guess, you know, these leaders don't really know any other sort of they don't know what else to do, right? And they miss the attention, and they miss that leader having that leadership, and so they they will inevitably pop up again or try to. And in a way, there's it's it's the religious leader, the charlatan, the advertising executive. I mean, they're all slogan makers, aren't they? Yeah. And, and absolutely. And that's what we see in operation. Yeah. Pretty strange. On that note, shall we wrap up and do some five o'clock news? <laughs> Just I'd love about. to know what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so curious. Da- Nothing. David, <laughs> David Farrier and Peter Lynham, thank you so much for making the trek into BFM this afternoon for an extra no, special edition. No, it's so nice to be here. It's nice to meet you um, in person. It's Peter. great. It's well, I heard delight. you over at St Matthews when you did that talk, but uh, yeah, 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 very good. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Oh.